Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. I expect that you have heard many reports and or seen uh, various stories written concerning the kidnapping of Jamie Kloss, 13 years of age. And I'm just going to touch on a few things concerning her kidnapping. She disappeared when her parents were slaughtered at their home. A 911 call reached police dispatch, and the police arrived at the house within approximately four minutes. Okay, not 40 minutes or an hour and 40 minutes, approximately four minutes in this town of approximately 3,300 people in Minnesota, 90 miles northeast of Minneapolis. So the police arrived at the house at 1.05 a.m. And what did they find? I should backtrack and say the 911 call was a nonverbal call. And by that, I mean this. There was no verbal communication. But the 911 call came in, and there was sound of disturbance. And immediately the police were dispatched and arrived there within four minutes, apparently at 1.04 a.m., but they made their first report at 1.05. They reported that the door had been kicked in, the door being the front door. They stated that a male was down and he had answered the door. So the door hadn't just been kicked in, even though it says kicked in, it had been opened enough that it didn't have to be broken down. But these home invaders kicked it in, kicked the door and the husband in to the room. They shot him to death. They shot his wife to death, and they kidnapped the 13-year-old girl. Now, this was on a Monday in the wee-wee hours of the morning. And there was a report. There were various different reports that were coming in following an Amber Alert being issued. And Amazingly, one of them was from the Miami, Florida area Monday afternoon. And to me, that just did not sound credible (laughs) because certainly this girl would not be being put on an airliner. And to drive from northeast of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, down to Miami, that's a bit of a trip (laughs) to make from the wee hours to the afternoon. Not impossible, perhaps, but it did not seem credible to me. 
Jamie Kloss. She is described over and over again, and all of the descriptions agree that she's a very sweet, very shy girl. And so it really bothered me when various different reporters and others opined that, well, perhaps whatever had happened, that it was due to her being involved with somebody. 13-year-old girl, very shy, very sweet. Made zero sense to be coming up with such idiotic assumptions and conclusions. Her father, James Kloss, 56. Her mother, Denise Kloss, 45. And Jamie is 5 feet tall, 100 pounds, has green eyes, Her hair is either strawberry blonde or blonde. And she is missing and in danger. Fortunately, the FBI got involved immediately, which just doesn't happen. (laughs) But in this case, it did. And we will see what happens, what comes of this. The report with regard to a possible sighting there in the Miami area was of two well-dressed, bearded men driving a black explorer, I believe, and with a girl that fit her description. But this poor girl has been made an orphan, has been kidnapped by destroyers bent on destruction who targeted this family targeted this home to take this girl is the way it would seem. So kidnap, rape, who knows what beyond that, but just a monstrous, terrible situation. Meanwhile, in the south side of Chicago, there is a young woman, a young mother, who is just twice the age of Jamie, 26 years of age, Kiara Coles. Kiara, three months pregnant, a postal worker, and she has been missing now since October 2nd. So, three weeks this young woman's been missing, and I fear the worst meaning I fear that she's been murdered. I hope and pray she has not been. But her mother drew attention to her being missing, that she hadn't checked with her, hadn't contacted her. And she said of her, she wouldn't go this long without talking to me. Now, that was back on October 20th, I believe, that she said that. But so this this young mother, this young woman, Kiera Coles, Kindly remember her. Keep her in your prayers. South Carolina has had a number of terrible things happen recently. Of course, the hurricane that devastated North Carolina made landfall in North Carolina, but caused significant harm in South Carolina, and I shared the story of these two women that were in a sheriff's van that were being 
transported and that were allowed to drown to death while the deputies, uh, I don't know if they got up on top of the van, I don't recall, I believe so. But in any case, there was a terrible instance there that took place three weeks ago. Seven officers were wounded. Seven. And I, I'm just shocked at this, that, that this many officers, sheriff's deputies, whatever assortment of law enforcement officers they were, would have been dispatched. This was to try to serve a search warrant. And a search warrant concerning what? Concerning searching a premises in which a 28-year-old adopted son was being investigated for criminal sexual assault, rape. We have all these wonderful man-made definitions and terms, things that have been created by our corrupt, unjust justice system. But he was being investigated for rape, and this cadre, this posse of officers, law enforcement officers, was dispatched to issue a search warrant to serve it and to engage in the search. So what would you imagine would be the response Well, the response was not made by the 28-year-old, but by his adoptive father, I guess. 74-year-old Frederick Hopkins opened fire on this group of I don't know how many law enforcement officers and succeeded in wounding seven of them, murdering one. One woman officer survived up until... This day passed away, Deputy Farah Turner. Just incredible, just uh, mind-boggling. They should have been on their guard, to say the least, if it was concerning a felony, concerning a felony that was this grave, violent crime, but as they approached the house, Frederick Hopkins had a bead on them for hundreds of yards and opened fire on them and again succeeded in immediately murdering one, attempting to murder all of them. And then this woman officer, Farah, passed away. She has been in critical condition all of this time. And all accounts of her are that she was an exceptional, exceptional person, wonderful person. And one person that actually came to to pray for her while she was still living among the living, 
was a person that she had arrested and whom she had shared with, and he eventually became a law enforcement officer, a man that she had arrested and she had shared with and she had prayed for, and he became a law enforcement officer, and he flew from Texas to South Carolina to meet with her and her family and pray for her. Just remarkable. Now, Jamie Kloss is Caucasian. Kiera is African-American or such. This woman, Farah, the same, African-American or whatever term is preferred, but just monstrous. And another terrible instance that just took place, just happened, a beautiful young woman, 21-year-old woman at University of Utah, Lauren McCluskey, She was outside of her residence hall at University of Utah in Salt Lake. She was on her cell phone speaking with her mother, and her mother heard her suddenly yell, no, no, no. The mother thought perhaps she'd been in a car accident. Why she would think that when she's standing outside of the residence hall on the phone, I don't know. But... That was the last she heard from her. This precious young woman was found later inside of a vehicle on the campus, murdered. Very little in the way of details given here. She was due to be graduating this next spring And I saw somewhere that she had a 3.75 GPA, grade point average. She's from Pullman, Washington, and she was a star athlete. But she was kidnapped, murdered, kidnapped, raped, murdered by a fellow that she knew, whom she had been seeing, and whom she never should have seen. Not because he was 37, that doesn't mean that he's terrible. A man not of her race, she is Caucasian, he's African American. He's a sex offender prior to this, he was a sex offender. When she found out that he had misrepresented himself to her in every way possible, imaginable, She stopped seeing him, and he has been tracking her, stalking her for the past couple weeks. She complained to the campus police, who, as usual, were powerless to do anything. And here, he kidnaps her, murders her, or kidnaps, rapes, and murders her. I don't know which. He then committed suicide later. But... Terrible story, and you will find this is not a totally unheard of scenario. 
where a young woman or a woman inadvertently brings danger upon themselves by those with whom they associate, whom they shouldn't have associated with. And it's tragic and it's monstrous. And this precious, wonderful young woman is gone from this earth. Thanks to the handiwork of one of the multitudinous destroyers that prey on the good. Just monstrous. But in this day and age, it is incumbent upon us to exercise some degree of wisdom. Some degree. doesn't have to be mind-boggling wisdom, but some degree of what used to be called common sense. Some people have much better intuition concerning others than other people do. Some are bent, many are bent on looking for the good in everybody, wanting to think the very best about everybody. It's very dangerous for girls and young women to take that attitude. Very dangerous. Puts them in jeopardy. I don't know if this young woman had any self-defense training of any kind. I suspect she did not. And yet she had spent years in athletics, track star in this event and that event, in sprint and high jump and what have you, state champion there in Washington State. But I bet she had never had self-defense training. There is a great deal of promotion of mixed-race romantic relations, a great deal of it. And it's made out, if you look at the advertisements on television, not to be the exception to the rule, but to be the rule, to be the norm, one in three. And not, not numbers that are explicitly stated, but you just watch how many advertisements there are, and you see how many instances of this there are. Not only in the TV shows and the movies and the TV movies and all of the other things, but in the advertisements that are just continual constantly engaged in efforts to bring about behavior modification. There are all kinds of Caucasian destroyers. There are all kinds of African-American destroyers and all kinds of destroyers of every race, every ethnicity, every nationality. But it does seem like there is a greater chance of problems with this kind of combination 
I'm sure a great many will say, oh, no, oh, absolutely not. Has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying I believe that there is a greater likelihood of problem there. And even if you have zero faith in God and you have disregard for the Bible, even if, even if that's, that's your attitude, it's one thing to have friendships. It's another to have romantic and or sexual relationships. And any young woman should, but again, if they don't have any faith, if they don't have any belief in God, if they don't have any belief in the Word of God, and or if they're if they have pastors that are worthless and so forth, then they will be completely ignorant of this, and especially if they've been schooled so carefully in the institutions of public education and or the swanky, elitist, private educational alternatives, such as the Ivy League schools and so forth. Are there any good schools out there? Sure. But there's a great deal of indoctrination and propaganda that's committed that's foisted upon young people in this nation via educational resources. But every young woman that has desire for romantic relationships and marriage should desire to marry someone who is right for her. And God did not create Caucasians to marry this race, that race, and the other race. He did not create African peoples to marry this race, that race, and the other race. He did not create Oriental Asian peoples to marry these other races. That's just not how it was designed or planned. So if you believe there's one person for you, or you don't, you just want to marry one that is more likely to be right for you, you're going to confine your selection to those that are in the broad pool, the great lake of possibilities within your own race. Is that the most important thing? Absolutely not. If I had daughters, I would want them first and foremost to marry good, godly men. I'd much rather have them marry good, godly men that were all kinds of different races rather than their own if those who were in their own race were not godly and good and righteous or kind or loving or merciful or believing. But, again, it's just one of those things that we have some degree of control over and... It would be better if we exercised certain degrees of caution concerning intimate involvements, but, or, or not. One wonderful story, amidst all of the horrible, monstrous stories, one wonderful story that I came across, it was from Brides Magazine, and it was of this precious little autistic girl, four years of age, five years of age, 
They said four years, but I would have thought she was older than that. But she saw a newly married couple. And the bride to her looked just like Cinderella. And they were having photos taken. And this little girl ran up to her and said, Cinderella, Cinderella. (laughs) And even though this little girl's autistic, she communicated with this new bride, this beautiful new bride. And she also thought that the others, that the the bridesmaids or whatever, that they were other characters from, you know, from these wonderful fairy tales. And interestingly enough, this little girl and her parents are going to get to go to Disney World courtesy of a GoFundMe site that was set up because people were so touched by this story, this precious little girl. And it's the way things should be. You know, if the world was a wonderful place, free from evil, free from predators, free from destroyers, free from violence... This is the way things are supposed to be. Wonderful. And being able to look forward to a wonderful life. A loving life. All life long. Perhaps you saw a story or two I've seen recently. But before I get to that, let me go back to this little girl. I don't think I named her. I don't think I mentioned her name, did I? No. But the bride was Olivia Spark, I believe, and the little girl, Layla, Layla Lester, who mistook this newlywed bride for being one of her very favorite fairy tale characters, this precious little girl. But perhaps you've seen a story or two with regard to Karen Knightley and or Kristen Bell. I couldn't help but notice. Uh, Karen Knightley is a self-professing atheist. Okay, She wears that on her sleeve. This beautiful, exceedingly emaciated-looking woman. I'm not recommending emaciation for beauty. She's beautiful in spite of it, not because of it. But anyway, she has appeared in Disney movies, such as the Pirates of the Caribbean series or franchise, and various other ones. And... uh, So she is starring as the Sugar Plum Fairy in uh, the upcoming Nutcracker and the Four Realms. She has a three-year-old daughter, and she does not 
permit her little girl to watch certain Disney movies. No, not not the ones she's been in, the Caribbean ser- Pirates of the Caribbean series, which you might think she would keep her from watching those because of them being scary, frightening. No, 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 no. No, not Kara. <laughs> no, no. No, instead, what does she not permit her little girl to watch? Well, she was on the Ellen DeGeneres show, Degenerate Ellen show, and she said, what does she ban her three-year-old from watching? None other than Layla Lester's favorite, Cinderella. Can't watch Cinderella. Oh, no. And why is she upset with Cinderella? She says that Cinderella waits around for a rich guy to rescue her. Isn't that outstanding? Don't rescue yourself. Obviously, that's the message. So little girls who watch Cinderella, they are going to be victims of this terrible propaganda that they should wait around for some rich guy to rescue them. Not a a prince, mind you, just a rich guy. (laughs) Anyway, that's Kara's distorted, perverted view of things, okay? That just gives you a small taste of her view. But again, she is an atheist, not agnostic. She doesn't know if there is a God. You know, many skirt the issue with that. She believes staunchly there is no God. And of course, if she believes there is no God, that doesn't mean she doesn't worship anything. A great many worship Mankind, humankind, the earth, mother earth, so-called, natural creation, and so on and so forth. But, or believe man is the measure of all things, or in the case of Kara, woman is the measure of all things, man being man and woman. But another one she does not permit is the little mermaid. Cinderella and the Little Mermaid are the Disney classics Karen Knightley does not permit her three-year-old daughter to watch. Why? Her reasoning, do not give your voice up for a man. Again, just ultra, uber, leftist, feminist, stridently so. Just pathetic. In my view, exceedingly pathetic. But meanwhile, she says of her daughter, she's allowed to do whatever she wants. Okay? (laughs) She's allowed to do whatever she wants as long as it's not watching Disney's Cinderella or Disney's Little Mermaid. Okay, so great stuff. But Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell has similar views, okay? She has a couple daughters, and they are very young, too, namely five years old and three years old. Kara's daughter, three years old. Kristen's are five and three. And she is concerned about the message that girls and young women are getting from Snow White, That's right, from Snow White. She 
regularly talks with her daughter about these things that really concern her, such as, quote, don't you think, this is saying this to her daughters, don't you think that it's weird that the prince kisses Snow White without her permission? Because you cannot kiss someone if they're sleeping, exclamation mark, end quote. Really? You cannot kiss someone if they're sleeping. Really? Well, that's her rule. That's her law. Okay, but she places absolute authority on that, that that is an absolute eternal truth. You cannot kiss someone that's sleeping. She, of course, fails to mention that Snow White is sleeping to death. All right? He wakes her from sleeping death. Oh, but what a terrible thing for that prince to do. I mean, is it possible for Kristen Bell and Kara Knightley to be more lame-brained than this? Is it possible? It's remarkable, exceptional, extraordinary. But meanwhile, what should they be concerned about? But before I get to that, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and whatever's right and true And accurate and good about this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, so forth, is due to me. Okay, But what should they be concerned about? Oh, I don't know. How about this? How about a sexual survey that was given to fifth graders in Vermont? To 10-year-old Zoe, for instance. The questions, oh, they included ones such as the student's sexual orientation. Oh, so the children now, they're going to have this carefully framed sexual orientation at the age of 10. Okay, The idea is to sway them to a certain orientation, but... Ask them about their sexual orientation. Whether they have been in a relationship at 10 years of age. Whether they have had a sexual partner at 10 years of age. Well, the students were supposed to hand the paper back in to the teacher, but Zoe, she pocketed her copy and took it home so her mother could see what the wonderful teacher and the wonderful school were indoctrinating the children with. And the mama went on Facebook, and anyway, it goes downhill from there. But these surveys, you may think, oh, my gosh, well, you know, if the empty-headed ones will think this is harmless. There's nothing harmless about it. I've mentioned before, once upon a time, long, long ago, I had electives to fill, and I filled them with courses that I thought were inter- hoped would be interesting and informative and so forth, but it depended on your schedules and what you could squeeze in, and I wound up taking a human sexuality course, and I found that the overwhelming majority of the students in that class were seniors and juniors, not freshmen, not 18-year-olds and so forth, but were 
seniors and juniors. And the course met 16 whole times for the big lecture, lecture to, you know, 300 students at a time. And then there were individual workshops. And at the very beginning of the class, at the beginning of this course, there was a survey taken. And the results were provided. The feedback was given that the students overwhelmingly believed that sexual perversion, sodomy, homosexuality, male and female, sexuality with same sex was perverse, was wrong, was immoral, and so forth. 16 or 15 weeks later, 15 weeks later, maybe even 14 weeks later, because we got the feedback a week later, and then we still got time for the feedback after the last survey. So I'd say it was 14 weeks later. The views had changed drastically, diametrically, overwhelmingly. And this from young adults who the overwhelming majority of them were at least 20 years of age. 20, 21, 22 years of age. And from one class meeting that few times, their view, their world view, their sexual mores, their sexual morals had changed drastically for the worse in that brief period of time, not by being enlightened with truth, but being corrupted with perversity and degeneracy. What effect is it going to have on fifth graders, do you imagine? Fifth graders, but hey, it's not limited to fifth graders. It includes Really, this sort of thing is foisted upon kindergartners. But all the way through grade school, all the way through junior high school and high school and on into college, as I used to say eons ago, it seems, that if you weren't corrupted by the time you left high school, you would be by the time you left college. Now it's that if you haven't been corrupted by the time you leave grade school, you will be by the time you leave junior high school or middle school. It's gotten that bad. But Kara Knightley and Kristen Bell, they're concerned about what messages their three- and five-year-old daughters are going to get from Cinderella and the Little Mermaid and Snow White. Outstanding, And they consider themselves to be very bright, very intelligent, very enlightened young women. Well, Netflix has been on a tear. I know I was surprised when I heard that it was such a hot stock and that it was just going great guns. I was surprised because I would have thought that its particular business model While it would be successful, I was surprised to think in terms of it being 
hugely successful, enormously successful, but then I never would have bought into Starbucks succeeding, (laughs) and I've never understood how McDonald's could succeed. (laughs) But anyway, I, I just didn't think they were worthy of success. So, and especially... Uh, the prices of Starbucks and so forth. But lo and behold, Netflix is enjoying massive success. And it has done some smart things. The people in charge of it have done some smart things, have made some worldly wise choices, selections, decisions, which have proved very favorable for their company. They have reinvented the company, as it were. Well, here, three years ago, they came out with a program of their own, a controversial documentary. And this this is right within the wave of the programming that has been so profitable for Netflix, creating their own programming and or, you know contracting with producers to create programming for them. So this was a documentary, Hot Girls Wanted. And it was a hit show for Netflix back in 2015. And it featured a fellow who claimed to be a talent agent, his name Riley Reynolds, or at least that was the name he went by. And it was produced by this movie, Hot Girls Wanted, was produced by Rashida Jones. Well, this fellow who claimed to be a talent agent, he had a company that he had created called Hussy Models. Hussy Models. And he gave an explanation of why he would never run short on talent. Quote, every day another girl turns 18. Every day another girl turns 18. Another girl whom he could exploit and prostitute to use to create pornography and other things, even though supposed to be limited to 21 years of age and older. But anyway, Netflix didn't have a problem with that. Okay, but lo and behold, here three years later, turns out this wonderful fellow, wonderful, enterprising young man. Surprise, surprise, has just been a brutal, thuggish pimp daddy. Hmm? Prostituting young women, exploiting them horribly. I'm not going to go into any specifics beyond that except to say, and he's being investigated, but except to say this, Netflix is an accessory to all of the evil that he has done, a direct accessory to all of the evil that he has done. Perchance you saw about this beautiful young Bulgarian investigative journalist, Victoria Marinova, who was raped and murdered 
this month in Bulgaria. She was actively pursuing a couple investigations at the time. Now, police rounded up a fellow in Germany who supposedly did it, but insists that he didn't do everything that was done to her. She was viciously raped, beaten, and suffocated, and her body was left dumped in a park near the Danube River, the picturesque Danube River in Rus, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, in Bulgaria. This precious woman who leaves behind a six-year-old daughter, I believe. Again, this has become a crime of choice in the United States of America. Kidnap, rape, murder. A crime of choice. And one reason that it has proliferated as it has is because the failure to punish, to swiftly punish those who've committed these things. That when they are tracked down, those that are tracked down, that are arrested, that are prosecuted, instead of allowing them to plead down their charges, prosecuting them for all of the evils they have done and having convicted them, executing them. The founding fathers of this nation, whom you may or may not respect or regard or what have you, they expected that all such destroyers as this would be summarily executed. That was law and order 200 years ago. That is what was expected, that they would be tried before the local people in the communities that these things happened in, not removed to other locales where the people were not personally invested in those who suffered these evils. And that if convicted, they would be executed. Period. Not maybe once in a blue moon one would be executed, and if executed, it would be a quarter of a century later, and in a means that would be intended to be completely painless. No, that's a complete, utter corruption and perversion of what was intended. But that's the way it is. There is zero deterrent value. In the extremely infrequent executions that are performed in the United States of America. Zero. So there is no incentive for these destroyers not to do this. Because by so slaughtering their victims, there is, in their view, much greater likelihood that they will get away with it. That they won't be arrested, that they won't be tried, that they won't be sent to prison. So all of the incentive is to go ahead and slaughter their victims, thanks to our wonderful Supreme Court 
and wonderfully unjust justice system. It was a little blurb that I saw concerning a woman that was kidnapped, raped, held by her kidnapper. And the fellow was so brazen, he ordered pizza to be delivered, opens up the door, and the pizza delivery man can see the woman behind him, behind this fellow who's ordered it. And she had a black eye. She had been beaten, and she caught his attention, and she mouthed to him, help me. And then she further mouthed again to him, call the police. And he did. Joey Grundle did. And the police were dispatched to this house in Waldo, Wisconsin, and this woman that had been kidnapped and raped, was rescued. Meanwhile, in the UK, United Kingdom, Britain, Great Britain, a man, a 58-year-old man, was rescued from a six-foot shed. Now, I don't know if that's six foot by six foot. I believe so where he had been kept, held captive for four decades, 40 years, since he was 18 years of age, by a man who at this point in time was 79 years of age, and who was arrested on suspicion of modern slavery. And there was virtually nothing in this shed, just a a bare storage shed with a metal chair and a, I don't know what else, a comforter it looks like. I mean, just just incredible, unbelievable. But such things do go on, terrible things. And I'm sure you're up to here with the terrible Terrible events such as all the suffering and death as a result of the earthquake in Indonesia. Perhaps you saw the account of the air traffic controller who, instead of fleeing for his life, remained at his post so that he could ensure that a passenger plane was able to take off to escape outstanding character and courage from this young man who lost his life by so doing. And, of course, this terrible instance of this crash with this enormous stretch SUV limo. Every time I see one of these vehicles, I just cringe. Here are four sisters, four beautiful young sisters, two young brothers, young men, in the flower of their youth of young adulthood, were slain, not murdered, 
but lost their lives in this terrible, terrible collision. It reminds me of the one out in the Bay Area, California, where these girlfriends, closest girlfriends, and there were sisters, and they were bridesmaids, and they were going for uh, a shower for the bride, whatever. And the car burned up. The driver stopped the car on a bridge, hopped out, left them there to burn to death. And horrible, monstrous thing. And then it reminds me of another one with the SUV. I don't know if that was an SUV, but an SUV in Denver, Colorado suburb where a precious 18-year-old girl was run over by one of these and lost her leg up to her hip. Just monstrous injuries because of this. And that was for a prom. I recommend stay away from these vehicles. Do yourself and your family and loved ones a favor and do that. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.